Thank you for being here. Welcome this morning. We're actually going to be starting a, a new series this morning. We're going to be in this new series for about three weeks. I, I'm very excited about it. I, I enjoy when I get an opportunity to do this type of teaching. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, uh, I, I do things a little bit different, but uh, I, I'm going to really enjoy these next three weeks because we're going to really look into a passage of Scripture that I really enjoy and I think is very uh, important for us to, to look at. The title of the series is called The Benefits. And we're going to be looking at some of the benefits that we find um, in this scripture together. And I'm really excited about getting able to share it with you. Just so you know, so kind of, I'm going to give you a little bit of a roadmap. We're going to be here for the next three weeks or so. And then we're going to be starting a series that are going to take us through Easter. Uh, and so that's kind of our, our roadmap for about the next, oh, I'd say about the next eight weeks or so. And I'm excited about what God's laid on my heart, both for this series and the following series uh, throughout the, the rest of the month of, of March and into April, and it's hard to believe we're already in March. Man, we're going to turn around, it's going to be September, and, and it's crazy sometimes how quick things can go. So again, we're going to be looking this morning in, in Romans chapter 5 in our new series. We're going to be looking really at Romans 5, 1 through 5 throughout the entire series. This morning, we're going to focus in on, on basically just 1 and 2 and going to look through that. Now, if you don't have your Bible or if you do, you can go ahead and open up to that portion of Scripture, Romans 5. Uh, the, also, the notes will be up there on the screen as well. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you. Let's go ahead and pray and then we'll jump in. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to, to look at these things together. We uh, thank you for the opportunity to be together, whether it be here in person or online, whatever uh, it is. Father, you are with us. You are among us. And we just ask now that, Father, you would just uh, help us to see the things you want us to see. God, as we kind of do a deep dive into Romans 5 over the next few weeks, Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just just enlighten us just just show literally kind of almost flashlight light bulbs uh, popping through portions of these scriptures that you want us to see and want us to understand and 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 look at in a more deep way so father we love you and we thank you we thank you for this opportunity to be here together in jesus name amen Amen. So again, we're going to be in Romans 5. We're going to look at verses 1 through 2 today. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm starting to realize something that is not fun for me. Um, and it's worse because I have a son who is, from what I've been told uh, from people that knew me when I was around his age, he and I are similar in lots of ways. Other ways, not so much. Uh, probably the bad ways, he's more like me. The good ways, he's like his mother. And that's how that works. But one way that I've noticed that he and I have been, to, I've been told we are very similar is he has an amazing memory. Like he can, he can spurt out facts, you know, like it's crazy. You know, he just seems to know things. And, and, and we, were, we, we could watch a show on TV and he goes, well, you know, you know, Dad, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, how did you know that? Why did you? And he'll say, oh, I heard it one time. I saw it one time. He just has that type of mind that just kind of catches on to things and won't let go. And what's frustrating is I've been told that, that that's kind of how I was. And I can remember a time even in my life where I would say I had a pretty good memory. The problem is... As I have become, we'll use the word mature, more mature, um, my memory has started to not get quite so good. Um, there's been many a times where Emily will say, uh, well, Aaron, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, oh, what are you talking about? And she'll say, don't you remember? I said this. I told you we were doing this. Or I told you. Now, here's the good thing. Here's, 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 the, here's the positive thing. I typically will remember 
after. You know, when she says, don't you remember I told you this was happening? And I'll go, yes, I do remember. It hasn't been completely removed. I mean, some of us, it's not like that. You know, some of us, and I'm sure it'll get that way for me, it's gonna get to the point where Emily will say, don't you remember I said that? And I'll be deer in the headlights. It'll be like, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. In fact, are, are, who are you? You know, that type of mentality. But so far, I can remember. This morning, what I really want to do is I want to remind you of something. I want to remind you of things. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times, as we have, as, as Christians, as we grow in our faith, it's funny because you would think that as we grow, we would remember certain things. But I've seen in my life and in others, we tend at times to forget some things. This morning, I'm not going to necessarily share anything that you'll, you'll walk out of here probably going, boy, I just, I just never even realized that. I've never even thought about that. Maybe I will. But the hope today is I want to remind you. I think it fits very interesting, and I think it's definitely God's spirit that, that moved us in this direction, that today we take communion. We always take communion on the first Sunday of every month. Why do we do that? To remember. This morning, I want to remind you of a couple of things. So again, we're going to be in Romans 5. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If not, it'll be up on the screen. Let's read it together. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. This is what it says. Therefore... Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now here's the thing about Romans. Romans is an amazing book, but it can be very heavy theologically at times. And so, like, I've always thought, like, boy, wouldn't it be great to do, like, a, a long series on Romans? And then I realized it would take about five years, and you all would say, I'm out. Because it, I mean, because it sometimes, you can get really into the woods in Romans. So that's why over the next several weeks, we're just going to look at five verses. But there is so much in these five verses that God is communicating to us, wanting us to help us to see more about Him, more about the benefits that He puts into our lives. And again, I want to remind you of some things. But the first thing I really want to remind you of is the benefit of peace with God peace with God. I understand we just read it, but let's read Romans 5, 1 again. It says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. We're, we're looking here in the New Living Translation, but I also wanted you to see this verse in the ESV. It's another great translation. This is what it says. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This idea of justified or this idea of justification is a word that sometimes you'll hear or, and, and things like that. But I have found that the, some people don't really understand what this means or what Paul, especially as he was writing Romans, what he was trying to get us to understand back in the original Greek. But we need to understand that, and this is in your notes, justification has the idea of a legal standing. This is a word that is basically used in a legal mindset or in a legal understanding. It, it, if we have accepted Jesus Christ by faith, our standing before God has been made right. 
So if we've accepted Jesus, we are now justified in His sight. We've been made right in God's sight. Again, it gives us this idea of kind of a, a courtroom and kind of this idea of guilt versus not guilt. Because of what Jesus has done, nothing that we have done, but because of what Jesus has done, when we accept that through faith in Him, we become justified in God's sight. We get to, we're standing rightly before God. Sometimes we, we use the word, this idea of righteousness, this idea of being made right in God's sight. But it happens through faith, and we understand it through this concept of justification. Sometimes I've heard people say, justification is this idea of just as if I've never sinned. Now, how can we have justification? Simple. It's because God has forgiven us, and He separated our sin as far as the east is from the west. If you have accepted Christ, God has justified you. He looks at you differently. He sees not your sin and not your mistakes, not the things in your life that you try to hide that no one else, you don't want anybody else to see. Instead, He sees through faith, through your faith, the, the blood of His Son, which brought that forgiveness. So now we have this right standing before God. I mean, that is a wonderful thing. That is a wonderful benefit. But because of that, we get kind of this idea because of those things, because we have been right with God, we now experience this unbelievable peace with God. Now, as we understand this word peace, it's a little different than what we typically understand. You see, there was a Jewish mindset of peace and there was a Greek or a Roman understanding of peace. Now here's what's interesting. For us today in our Western understanding, we typically use the Roman understanding or the Greek understanding of peace. But Paul here isn't using that word. He's using a word that is much deeper, that is much richer. And here's the thing that I found. We'll read this verse and we'll go, oh, good peace. Oh, that's wonderful. And we miss the depth and the richness that Paul wants us to understand as his readers both then and today. You see, peace here is the biblical concept of shalom. Now, I know that a lot of us have heard that word before. We've heard it before. We un oh, you know, we, we'll see, um, you know, something on YouTube. I know that our community groups have been watching uh, the Chosen series. You hear, if you watch the Chosen series, you're going to hear that word a lot. Um, it kind of is this way of, at the time, to say hello, goodbye, peace be with you, all these sort of things. But there is a very deep understanding here. There's something that we really need to understand. And here it is. It's in your notes. Shalom experienced is a multidimensional, complete well-being, physical, psychological, social, and spiritual it flows from all of one's relationships being put right. There's that word again. There's that being put right with God. With God first, within oneself, and with others. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something to really be excited about? Like we typically think of peace as simply this. It is the absence of conflict. It is, it is a situation, we're not in war, there's nothing going on, basically, so because of that situation, I have peace. Do you realize that the peace with God that He wants to give, that Christ bought for you and for me, is so much deeper than that? And unfortunately, we tend to just kind of 
just kind of barely scratch the surface of the benefit of this. And we don't live our lives in a way where we experience this shalom that God wants us to have. A lot of times uh, people will come to me and we'll, we'll talk about this idea of Jesus saying, listen, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. What does that mean? It's that shalom peace with God. Every aspect of your life, God wants to make right and put right in your heart. Every part of it. Not some, not only this area, every part God's peace with you, he wants to bring that in. And here's the thing that I found. For so, especially for people, and maybe you're like me, that maybe have been saved for a long time, okay? And if you have, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but I want you to kind of try to think back. We're going to be doing a little bit of thinking back a little bit today. Do you remember what it was to not have peace with God? Do you remember? Do you remember the war that was raging between you and God. And, and, and here's the thing, we don't necessarily put it that way, but I can look at our world, and I know you can too, and you know what I'm seeing? War. And I'm not just talking about the literal war, I'm talking about the war in the hearts of people between God and them. And we typically don't use that term because it doesn't sound very nice and it doesn't sound very clear. But truly, I think that's what we are seeing in a lot of people. It's this war that's going on. They don't have peace with God. God is reaching out. God is searching for them. God is calling them home and they're rejecting and they're saying, no, I don't want it. I don't need it. I want to do it on my own. I don't need your help. I don't need your forgiveness. I don't need your salvation. And it's just this battle that's going on constantly. Do you remember those days? Do you remember what it was to not have peace with God? Because I'll tell you what, if you don't, let me help you here. It was war. It was a struggle. It was a battle that was going on inside of you. As God reached out, as God said, come, there was tension and hostility. But because of what Jesus has done for you and for me, we can now experience this shalom peace with God. And it is such an amazing thing. Let's look at Isaiah 32. Isaiah 32, 17 says this, and the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. My people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Monica, can you leave that up there for just a second? Okay, because I want us to see this. And if you got your Bible, you can look there or you can look up on the screen. Look here. I love in the ESV how it says the effects. I like cause and effect. I like to see things. And what we're seeing all the way back here with the prophet Isaiah is almost a prophecy of, listen, when we are made right with God, when we are justified by him, the effects of those things, being made right, will be peace quietness and trust forever. My people, those that have accepted that, will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Listen, can you hear my heart? If you are not experiencing this verse, you may have forgotten some things. I love the word abide here. 
Do you know what it means to abide? Okay. You do not, listen, hear me, explain. You this morning will not abide here for very long. You will abide here possibly longer than we usually do because we have a potluck and then we have a meeting. But eventually you will not abide here. You don't live here. The effects of what God has done for you and me means that we get to abide in these places. And it's an amazing thing. But let's continue. Listen, before we continue, uh, go, go further, let's go back a little bit in Romans 4. Look at Romans 4, 4 through 5. Paul continues to kind of expound on this. He says this, When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. Now, I don't think this has ever happened to anybody. I know it has not happened to me. I don't think you've ever had a situation where either you're the boss and you hand out paychecks or you receive paychecks. And at neither point in time have I ever received a paycheck and the boss comes up to me and says, here you go, Aaron, here is your gift. That's not a gift. I, I, I worked hard for that money. I earned that money. And Paul says, listen, he says, when people work, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But listen, but... People are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. We tend to think, and one of the things that we can, time, we can forget is like this idea, we got to earn it. we got to earn this, this unbelievable peace with God. But God's like, no, 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 no. This, you're, you're, you're taking the wrong mindset. And Paul is helping us to see that by this idea of wages and gifts. This is a gift of God. This is something that God has given to us, not because of our wages, not because we have earned it, but because simply because of what he has done. Because their faith, our faith in God has forgiven us. And let's continue on now with Romans 4, 6 through 8. It says, David also spoke of this when he described, listen, the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. David here is understood, even way back in the Old Testament, the joy, the happiness that comes from people that listen, I didn't earn this. I didn't, I, I didn't do something right enough. Jesus just said, here, here is a gift for you. This, is, this isn't what you've earned. A lot of people think, I gotta earn it. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not spiritual enough. Listen, this isn't what you've earned. This is simply a gift. And this is what David has said. He says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Hey, can I be honest with you? If, 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 if you're not like David and you're not excited and joyful and happy because of what God has done for you, can I, can, listen, your pulse is right about here. I don't know exactly where. I remember like in seventh grade, like junior high, like gym class, we had to take our pulse and I always had a hard time, you know, so it was like we had to run and then for some reason we had to make sure we were still alive or something. But that's where that is. Feel that, make sure that's still ticking in you. Because that's an amazing thing. David, who didn't experience what you and I have experienced, he was old covenant, we're new covenant, could still, in anticipation of this, be joyful and happy and excited because it had been wiped away, because of what God has done for you and me. We can have that peace 
with God. But I also want to look at this. I want to look at some, the contrast of this. Sometimes that'll help us to see, help us to understand. And we once again turn to Romans, Romans 2. Romans 2, 5 through 11. This is what it says. It says, but because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. Verse 7. He will give eternal life to those who kept on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. There's more. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. What a contrast here. This, this idea of God's righteousness anger and judgment on the one hand and on the other the opportunity to have peace with God peace with him it's an amazing thing that we need to remember we need to grab a hold of because here's the thing I believe the world needs to understand this they need to see these things and it's very hard for us to tell others and remind others if we ourselves have forgotten those benefits Let's continue. We're going to now look at verse number two. It gets even better. It gets even better. In verse two, we're going to look at the benefit of undeserved privilege. Undeserved privilege. Romans 5, 2. This is what it says. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. That idea of, of undeserved privilege, and I use the NLT because I just, I like that. That idea of undeserved privilege. If you look at other translations, you're probably going to find a single word. It's the word grace. But this morning, I wanted to use that word undeserved privilege because it is so true. There is this, this grace that God has given us and he's poured it out all over us. But it's undeserved. We don't deserve this. If we got what we deserve, listen, you don't want what you deserve. I don't want what I deserve. I want what God has for me. If I will by faith accept that. But it's grace that just keeps coming. And it's grace that just keeps flowing. And it's grace that is undeserved by you and from me. Look at John 1 through 16. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Undeserved privilege upon undeserved privilege. Anytime I hear that verse, I don't know if you've ever been to the ocean. I haven't been to the ocean in quite a while. I'm not an ocean guy. You know, like some people, they vacation and they're like ocean people. And I'm like, nah, you know, it's like sandy, obviously, and salty and the sun beats down on you. There are things that are living in the ocean that do not like you, that is looking for you. Some are large, some are small. Not, not interested. Like I'll go 
and like, look, there is a large body of water, okay? I'm a mountain guy, like that's me. I like you know, being in the mountains or things like that. But anyway, but I have been to the ocean. And, and the one thing I have learned, and this is, you're gonna be like, wow, Aaron, really, really nice in depth looking here. But the water just keeps a coming, you know? A wave will come in, and then a wave will go out, and then a wave will come in, and a, I mean, it's just constant. When I read this verse in John, you know, you remember, remember, what's John, what was John before? He was a fisherman. He knew about some water. And I just see this, this if this will help you, this grace of God, it just comes and it just flows. And then it just, and it just, it's just grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. That is what God has done for us. This is in your notes. God's grace to his people is continuous and is never exhausted. This grace knows no interruption and no limit. I love that. I love the concept of this undeserved privilege that is, is just, it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. Like, you know, it's like there's no way to keep those waves in that ocean for, from coming. They just come and they come and they come. I, I know right now I don't have to be there. I know that overall the Pacific and the Atlantic and ever that those waves are just, they're still coming. They're still coming. They're still coming. And here's what I've learned about waves. It doesn't care who's on the shore. Waves don't sit there and go, you know, that person's really good, really cool, really awesome. You know, they're living the life right now. I'm going to wave for them. That's what I'm going to do. Wave. Wait, and you know what? Hey, hey, you know, there's a person on the Atlantic. Mm. They don't say the right things. They don't do the right things. I'm just going to halt it right now. Hit the brakes till they leave. That is not what God's grace is. It just keeps coming. And it keeps coming. And it keeps coming. And it never stops. And it never, never, never weakens for us. When I hear this word, undeserved privilege, I, I want to, as we kind of, here in a few moments, kind of bring this to a close, I want to look at another portion of this scripture that, that I think we need to look a little deeper into. And to do it, I want us to kind of use our imaginations. Some of us do that very well. Some of us need to kind of, you know, knock the dust off the imagination a little bit. But I want us to think about this, this, this idea, and I know we probably all see movies or, or read books or whatever, kind of this, this idea of, of medieval times, okay? You know, kings and queens and princesses and, and, and knights. And, and, and here's the thing. One of the things that we typically forget in those stories because they're not so much fun to talk about is the peasants. I don't know if you know much about history, but these peasants, these serfs, I mean, they, they lived a pretty difficult life. I mean... You know, I always find it's funny, you know, people are like, boy, I wish I lived in the past. And, and I'm like, yeah, I get that. But, but we, we kind of romanticize the past a little bit. I mean, these people had it rough. They had a very difficult, hard existence. They were dirty. They were smelly. They, they usually just wore anything they could get their hands on. They didn't eat very well. They didn't live very long. It was, it was a very difficult thing. And I kind of want us to use our imagination and kind of, kind of go back in time to that kind of thought and that kind of place. And, 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 and Paul here is, is, is trying to kind of take us on a journey. Now, obviously, it was a little easier for them because, because of where they, they were used to. And they kind of understood this idea of royalty and, and things. And we typically, you know, our, our world's a little bit different. 
But we do understand and remember this, this medieval time period. And like what Paul is really saying here is, is, is we are these peasants. We're dirty, we're smelly, we're, we're not dressed well, we're, 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 we're messed up. And, and, and we have been brought into something pretty amazing. Now, it would have been absolutely insane for a peasant at this time to think that they could get to see the king. I mean, first of all, you got to get through the, the guards, okay? So, so maybe, maybe you somehow sneak into the, the, the castle complex area. Maybe you get through the guards of the gates, but, but then you got to get even further. Further. Now, now you gotta gotta maneuver the streets. You gotta maneuver the area. You gotta get through where people are like, what is he doing here? He doesn't belong here. He shouldn't be here. And go even farther. And 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 basically somehow get into the actual throne room of the king. And we we get there, okay? This is in your mind. And we walk in. And probably, just be honest we're smelled before we're seen. And the king is up there on his throne and he's, he's dressed in splendor and gold and there's, there's beautiful tapestries on the wall. And we walk in to this situation and there we are. Paul is wanting us to see that. And here's the thing I, I, I know with, with times with, with people a lot of us, we know that. We've heard that before. I know that, Aaron. I know we have access into the throne room of God. We have this access to come in. Unfortunately, what we have, a lot of us have done is we have kind of taken that to look something like this. Yes, I get access to God, but I almost have to go to the secretary of God and say, okay, God, I, I'm going through a hard time right now. Things aren't going really well. Listen, would it be okay if I made an appointment with God for maybe just three minutes? I just need three minutes of his time. That's all I need. Just please, three minutes. Uh, uh, when can I see him? Uh, three and a half months from now? That's okay. Just, just, just please let me see God. Please, please let me see God. We, we live our lives understanding that undeserved grace as basic or undeserved privilege as being able to have that type of access to God. Can I help you with something? That is not what Paul is communicating here. He is not saying, congratulations, you have now the option or the opportunity to make an appointment with God to spend a couple of minutes with him if your need or if your situation warrants that attention. That is not what Paul has said. He has said something much more deep and much more life-changing. Look at it again with me. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Do you understand what Paul has just told you? You don't have merely access to God. You don't merely have access to his presence and his throne room. You and I dwell there. 
We don't just have access when we need Him. We dwell with Him. We abide with Him. That concept of where we now stand is a concept of not, hey, I'm going to come in and remove myself. It's not a concept of basically making an appointment and then having a little bit of time. Because of what Jesus has done for you and for me, the dirty peasant has been not only invited into the presence of God, brought there because of what Jesus has done for you and for me, not because of we're clean, not because we've done the right thing, but just because of the forgiveness and love of Jesus, we have been ushered in and we never have to leave. You know one of the biggest lies I hear about when it comes to Christian people? God's left me. I'm alone. No, 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 no. God has not left you. You are not alone. Why? Because you have the opportunity to, because of what Jesus has done, where you now stand. That's a reminder of what God has done for you and for me. Listen, listen, I'll be honest with you. Can I, I, I would have taken the, the three minutes every six months. I would have. To have my sin forgiven, I, I'd have taken it. And God says, oh, Aaron, I have so much more for you than that. You get to dwell with him. We get to enjoy that. And because of that, we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. I mean, listen, that's hard to get my head around. That God is going to share that with us. But here's the thing. I, I kind of began to realize, listen, if God was going to share his presence with us, would he also not share some of his glory? And here's the thing, as, as we grow in Him, as we experience Him, as we begin to become more like Him, as, as we share God's glory, this is what's great. God's glory just grows and grows and grows. Some of us have forgotten where we are supposed to live. We have forgotten that, as it said in Isaiah, we have the opportunity to abide in peaceful dwellings. And instead, we have made our address in other places, with other people, with other hopes, with other dreams, with other understandings. We have decided that, that the presence of God, for whatever reason, is not where you and I should spend our time. I've talked about this before. But you realize that when Jesus, we're told in Scripture that Jesus came to give us everlasting life, eternal life, that that isn't a situation where it begins at death for you and me. When we accept the grace, that undeserved privilege, and get that in God's presence, when we experience that, it starts today and never has to end. Never has to end. Never has to be a situation where we leave it or we have a moment apart from it. And here's what I've learned about my heart and my life. When those things happen, you know why they do? Because I walk out. I believe the lie that says, 
God's grace really isn't enough. I failed too many times. I've done too many bad things. I haven't accomplished enough for Him. I don't deserve this. And in that concept, I am somewhat right. I don't. But that's why it's called undeserved privilege. If it was based on what we deserve, listen, hear me here. You and me as peasants, we wouldn't have gotten past the first guard, let alone into the throne room. I just wanted to remind you of that. Because I think at times we forget. It's such a basic thing. Honestly, it is. But it's so easy to forget. And Paul, speaking through the Spirit of the Lord thousands of years ago, has come to help us remember. But here's the thing. I want to encourage you because here's the thing. We tend to forget lots of things, but look at John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. It is easy to forget, isn't it? It's easy to allow the time or the years to dull us from what God has really done. To dull us from that benefit of undeserved privilege. To to dull us from that benefit of peace with God. And I just thought this morning... What a wonderful reminder of all God has done. If the worship team wants to come on up, we're going to close. Now, here's the thing. This, this message, and, 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 and here's the thing. I didn't want to say this from the beginning because it, it, I didn't want people to kind of turn our brain off. But, but this message is really has been, up to this point, really for the believer. You know, these benefits, as, as we see, and we're going to see this throughout Romans 5. It, it, we, we see this idea of faith, of faith, because of faith, because of faith, because of faith. So these benefits really are for the believer. And so I first want to talk to you. If you are a believer, that's awesome. But have you remembered these things? Listen, and, and here's, the, here's, here's how you know you really remembered them. Do they affect your daily life that's a serious question isn't it do these things affect your life here's how you can know in a world where peace is not there in so many ways peace may not be in your home peace may not be in your workplace peace may not be in your relationships do you still dwell in peace because the peace with God this, this shalom peace encompasses everything. What that means is this, even though at times our relationships with others aren't peaceful, God's peace oversees that. It's how we can have this peace that passes all understanding. How do I get that air? How do I experience that simple? You allow the shalom peace of God to consume you. And so when you see conflict in maybe an other area of your life. You don't, you don't ignore it. You don't think it doesn't exist. You don't, you're not silly. 
but you're saying, you know, my peace with God oversees it. My peace with God is greater than any conflict that I can experience. I know that for Christians, one of the hardest, and this is so silly to say this, or weird to say this, maybe is a better way to put it. The concept of grace, undeserved privilege, is, is almost like you don't even hear it anymore. I tell people the story about the little boy who, who had his friend over to spend the night. Some of you heard this story before. And, and, and the little boy that lived there, he lived right behind the train tracks. And every, seems like in the evening, every couple of hours, man, a train would just rumble by, shake the house. Well, the little boy had a friend over and he was spending the night and they went to bed at some point, you know, and got up the next morning. The boy that lived at the house said, hey, did you sleep well? And the boy that had been invited said, are you kidding me? I slept horrible. The little boy said, what do you mean? He said, like every other hour, the train, boom, down the track, woke me up. And the little boy that had lived there said with complete honesty, what train? You know, for Christians, for me at times, grace, undeserved privilege, peace with God has turned into that train. We've heard it so much, it has stopped to affect us. It doesn't affect us anymore. Listen, I will not point the finger at you. I will point the finger at me and say, God, forgive me that I have allowed that grace and that undeserved privilege and that peace with God just become like that train that just goes by and I don't even pay attention to it anymore. We need to be a people who when we hear about what God has done for us, it affects us again. We don't throw ourselves down. Oh, I'm so unworthy. No, 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 no. But we remember and we celebrate. David was joyful and happy for those whose sins are forgiven. And instead, we walk through this life not even remembering some of these things. So if you're a Christian this morning, that's awesome. But let's take it one step further. It's time to remember. It's time to let it affect us again. Because it is the gospel of Jesus that will change the world. But hear me, if Christians are not excited about it, if they don't look at it as good news, but instead they look at it as stale news, it will never accomplish all that God wants it to. We need to once again be a people who walk around saying, listen, I got some good news. I was broken. I was in shame and hurt. My body was broken. My spirit was broken. But because of what Jesus has done, not because of what I did, not because I lived a certain way, but because of His unmerited grace, because of His favor, because of what He did for me, I can have peace with God. And the good news is you can too.
we forgot. We need to remember again. We need to remember again. And I mentioned it, you know, like a lot of this message was quote unquote for the believer, but, but here's the thing. Maybe, maybe you aren't a believer. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe this is all new. Maybe you're just on a journey and you're just trying to figure this out. And that's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, thank you for, for being here this morning. Thank you for being online and, and wanting to discover who Jesus really is. But here's the thing. It was called good news back then for a reason, and it's still good today. And that is, you can experience these benefits. You say, Aaron, how? I, I, I know that there's war raging in me. How can I experience this peace with God? How can I experience this grace and this, this, this undeserved privilege? It's, it's really simple. It's in Romans 2. Paul lays it out. He says, if you will confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Remember, it's a gift. It's not something you've earned. You don't have to get your life cleaned up and get all fixed up and get all dressed up. You just come as you are. Remember, we're all peasants. We're all peasants. We're all smelly and dirty. We're brought into that. And then when we're in the abiding presence of God, then God begins that process in our hearts of cleaning us up, making us more like Him. He begins to restore and refresh. But He does that when we come to Him, not before. But today, if you'll accept Him, you can experience these benefits that sometimes, unfortunately, I can forget. But they're available to you today. Today is the day of salvation. So if that's you, we're going to pray in just a moment. And we're going to pray for those that, that need to remember, but also for those that, that need to experience it for the first time. And I'm going to ask, you know, online or here that, that you just pray this prayer with me. And if you pray it, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And you will experience all the amazing things, all the benefits that God has for you. So let's pray. Father, we come to you right now. And Father, for those that need to remember, Father, it says in your word that the Holy Spirit can come and bring the things that you have done, the things that you have said to our remembrance. And so this morning, God, right now, I'm just asking the Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come and to refresh us again. I'm asking you to come and bring into our minds and our remembrance all that you have done, all the peace with God that we can walk in, all all the undeserved privilege that you have done, not because of us, not because of how good or how we've lived, but because of what you have done for us. But God, it's easy to forget. It shouldn't be, but it is sometimes for us. So God, Will you bring it to our remembrance? Holy Spirit, will you bring it to our remembrance and let it be something that doesn't just, is something that, oh yeah, I remember, but something we act upon. 
It's one thing, Father, to remember somebody's birthday. It's another to buy them a present or make or wish them a happy birthday. God, we want to be people not just that remember the birthday, but then act upon it. Let us be that type of people. And Father, for those that don't know you, Father, for those that, that haven't experienced the benefits of these things, Father, I pray that they would just begin to pray this prayer with me, that they would, they would say, Father, I need you. Father, I am tired of living a life of war against you. And Father, I know it's not because of what I've said, it's not because of what I've done or all these things that you are offering me this gift. It's because you love me, because you want to forgive me. And so God, if I never have, or God, maybe I've walked away and I'm coming back, but whatever it is, God, right now, I accept your gift. I confess that Jesus is your son that he came and he died and he rose again for me so that I can have forgiveness of sin. And I believe, I believe that you have forgiven me. I believe, I have faith that you have won my heart and brought me home. You are Lord, you are Savior, and I accept your gift and your forgiveness right now. If you prayed that prayer, you can even this moment begin to experience the benefits because in that moment, you, because of your faith, have peace with God. The war has ceased. And in every aspect of your life, God wants to pour His shalom peace into it. Let Him, let Him, and experience the fullness of your salvation father you're so good and we love you so much we thank you for this reminder you're so good we thank you let's all stand john and the worship team are going to come lead us in a quick closing chorus Your cause, better is one day in your house. 
is one day your thousands elsewhere thousands elsewhere thank you God that this song and, and, and I didn't tell John John didn't know so it's kind of cool but this song is based on a scripture where, and I don't want to get into the details, but, but basically some individuals were able to be doorkeepers at God's house. It's why it says it's better to, to, to be in the courts. It's better to just be near. Why, why is that? Because that was taken from the Old Testament. And it's a beautiful song. But that's where this, this song originates from. It's from this concept of, and, and they basically say, and I don't know the scripture off the top of my head, but, but it's basically this concept that to be a, a basically a doorman in the house of God is better than anything else. And it's a great song, and I, I'm not saying we should not keep singing it, but do you understand that that was Old Covenant understanding? We, aren't, we don't just are allowed into the court area we are in to the very inner courts of god's throne room god has welcomed us in smelly dirty peasants have been welcomed in to the presence of god holy almighty god something to remember so God, thank you for reminding us this morning. Thank you for welcoming us in to your presence. Thank you for helping us to remember that we abide here now. We never have to leave. We may leave this building, but we never have to leave your presence. Thank you for that fact. Thank you for the truth of your word this morning. And all that you are and all that you're doing. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, God. Well, again, thank you for being here this morning. For those that are online, hey, we love you, we miss you. Hope that you're doing well as well. And we're gonna have our meeting here, have some lunch in just a moment, but we'll spend some time fellowshipping and then we'll move in that direction. So again, thanks for being here. Hope you have a great week. Everyone's welcome to be here for our meeting and the lunch. Hope that you join us. Have a great week. God bless you.